Well, hello, all my listeners. Great news. My book is out on Amazon. It's called the... It's part of the Blood Garden series. The first book is called Echoes of Silence. Go check it out. It sells for $12.95 on Amazon. Digital copies will be coming soon. Pretty soon we'll be heading to the bookshelves at Barnes & Noble. It'll be available on iTunes and Google Play. Check them out. I'm excited about this. This is great news. Apparently, messages got jumbled and I missed a mess from the publisher, but the book actually came out at 11, 11, 2021 on Veterans Day. The book launched. It's on, been on for a few days. I don't know where sales are at yet. But I should be getting a report soon on on how we're doing. So I'm hoping you guys can go out there and purchase the book. I found the easiest way to find it on Amazon is Chad plus sign Wickwire. It's the easiest way to find it. So go check out the Blood Garden Echoes of Silence. During Supernatural Season 7, Episode 20, one of the characters refers to Biden as not having a spark. If anybody who was watching Supernatural voted for Biden, you're dumb as shit. Vote Democrat or 
you will die. You will die. You Republicans ought to try that. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News' YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not get it anywhere else. Chairman, uh, I want to start with a question for each of the five witnesses. Uh, in your judgment, are voter ID laws racist? Professor Tolson. Thank you for that question. Um, so it depends. One thing we have to stop doing is treating all voter ID laws as the same. Okay, so your answer, I, I, I want to move quickly, so it depends is your answer? Yes, it, that's my answer. Okay, so what voter ID laws are racist? Apologies, Mr. Cruz, your state of Texas, perhaps? Okay, so you think the entire state of Texas is racist. What about requiring an ID to vote is racist? Um, so I think, sir, that's pretty productive. I'm not saying the entire state of Texas is racist. You just but said my state of Texas, so you tell me your voter what about ID. the Texas oh, voter absolutely. ID laws is racist. So the fact that the voter ID law was put into place to diminish the political power of Latinos uh, with racist intent and have been found to have You're asserting intent. that. What's your evidence for that? Uh, the, district, the federal district court that first resolved the constitutionality of Texas's voter ID law. Okay, so your view is voter ID laws are racist. How about you, Mr. Yang? I agree with Professor Tolson. Voter ID laws can be racist. Okay, that's okay. Mr. Sides? There are some voter ID laws that are racially discriminatory in intent. But how about in practice? In intent, I find you, you say there's some racist with, with a malevolent okay. intent lurking in the back of their mind. But let's just talk about it as a practical matter. When I go to vote, they ask me for my ID. I pull out my ID. I show it to them. I vote. Is that racist? If the law that requires you to do that was motivated by racially discriminatory intent what about the under effect? our set aside, Constitution. Set aside intent. Set aside intent. I'm okay. asking about the effect. Yes, in effect, okay. I think that Ms. there are Rear. discriminatory effects from a number of voter ID laws. Okay, thank you. Yes, I'm going to give the witness a chance to answer the question. Go ahead, Mr. Sainz. Yes, in effect, I think many voter ID laws are discriminatory and in design. They are designed to have that effect. Okay, Ms. Reardon. No, sir. Mr. Van uh, Spakovsky. Uh, no, particularly because every single state that has passed an ID law has put in a provision to provide a free ID to anyone who doesn't have one. The turnout numbers show it has no effect, and I would remind everyone that the current version of the Texas voter ID law for in-person voting the Obama administration agreed in court, in a court filing, that they were satisfied with it and it was not discriminatory. You know, I have to say this range of question actually shows the wildly partisan nature of the Democrats' proposal. The record should reflect all three of the Democratic witnesses invited by the chairman maintained to this committee that voter ID laws can be, in many instances, in most instances, I think of the various ways they formulated, are racist. So let me tell you who disagrees with that. 35 states across the country disagree with that because 35 states have voter ID laws in effect. But not just 35 states. 81% of voters in America disagree with the radical views proposed by the Democrats and the Democratic witnesses. Not just 81% of Americans. 77% of black voters in America support voter ID laws. 78% of Hispanic voters in America support voter ID laws. Maldives should think about that. 81% of low-income Americans support voter ID laws. And yet, what this bill is about is putting radicals 
in charge of saying if you require an ID to vote, that is racist and must be struck down. This is all about partisan power. Now, DOJ has also said under the Biden administration that it is not going to presume that state acts that, uh, that a state acts lawfully if it simply returns to pre-COVID voting laws. Ms. Reardon, Mr. Van, uh, Van Spakovsky, what does that tell you if they say after a pandemic, if you go back to the laws that existed before, DOJ is not going to assume that that's okay? Well, what does that tell you about the partisan nature of DOJ? By, um, by, the, by issuing the guidance that they did, it says to me that what they would like to do is make permanent the um, emergency procedures that were um, instituted by uh, many states through litigation by the DNC throughout the, throughout the country prior to the 2020 election. And they would like those to be permanent. And so rather than understand that they are temporary, they are going to go after states that designed to go back to their original election procedures. Well, and I think they also think Democrats did well under those emergency procedures, and so putting those, keeping those emergency procedures in place will predictably benefit Democrats. You know, I would note, in addition to disagreeing with the vast majority of the American people, the Democratic witnesses and the Democrats here also with, disagree with the United States Supreme Court. When I was the Solicitor General of Texas, I represented a coalition of states defending Indiana's voter ID law. Uh, before the U.S. Supreme Court, a group of plaintiffs challenged that. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, by a vote of 6-3, to three, upheld Indiana's voter ID law. Not only did they dis do so, Justice John Paul Stevens, one of the lions of the left, wrote the majority opinion where he said voter ID laws protect the integrity of elections. And yet, sadly, too many Democrats today don't want to protect the integrity of elections. And I've got to say there is a view, particularly from Northeastern Democrats, that they look down on the rest of the country as a bunch of bigots and overalls. They're southern cousins who are too oafish to be as enlightened as they are. And I have to say there's an incredible hypocrisy in that, in that states like Georgia and Mississippi have a higher black voter registration rate than states like Connecticut, the chairman's home state. They have higher black voter turnout rates than states like Connecticut. They have a lower gap between black and white turnout than in states like Senator Blumenthal's Connecticut. And in fact, states like Georgia and Mississippi African-Americans voted a higher rate than white voters, and in Texas, they're basically e equal. One of the sad realities of today's Democratic Party is they define race as follows. If you're a Democrat, you qualify. So under the Democratic view, I'm not Hispanic. Senator Padilla is. If you're a Democrat, you're an Hispanic. My, my abuelo and abuela would be very surprised to discover I wasn't Hispanic. But that's how Democrat views it. That's how the radicals in the civil rights division view it. And I will point out as an example, this committee, one new federal district judge in the state of Texas, Jason Pulliam, is an African-American judge nominated by President Trump, sat at this table, presented superbly. The Democrats had no criticism, and every single Democrat on this committee voted against him. Why? 
because they perceived him as a black Republican. He didn't qualify as a black man. And I actually asked, as the Democrats were voting against Judge Pulliam, do you have one basis to vote against him? Anything you disagree with, none of them had any single answer at all. This hearing's about one thing. It's about power, and it's about ensuring Democrats stay in power. That's cynical, and it's at the expense of democracy and the right of voters to express their will through free and fair elections. Uh, I'm going to ask my question now and just begin by saying this hearing has nothing to do with any geographic discrimination, any idea that one state or another is oafish. Fazoli's five under five dollars. Five Fazoli's dishes you crave, all under five dollars. Indulge in the new cheesy, creamy panko crusted mac and cheese, served with hot, fresh breadsticks. With Fazoli's five under five dollars, there's sure to be something for everyone. We're tracking multiple major stories, including new developments from the Russia collusion hoax. A top Biden advisor has now been implicated in connection to the lies, conspiracy theories found in Hillary Clinton's dirty Russian paid-for dossier. Plus, America's most dishonest congressman, Adam Schiff. Yep, for the first time, he is t facing tough questions. And by the way, surrounding his deep involvement in perpetuating the great lie hoax a conspiracy theory of the dossier. And by the way, not from Jake Capper at Fake News CNN, not Chucky Todd at MSDNC, Morgan Ortegas on The View, and we've got the tape. But first tonight we begin, it appears that Joe Biden has finally realized Americans are not happy with the U.S. economy. But according to Joe, the only fiscally responsible way to make things better is to pass the Build Back Better uh, new Green Deal socialism plan and spend a couple of trillion more dollars that we don't have and rob our kids and grandkids blind and put it on social welfare projects that are pretty much destined to fail. Every single economist in the country, not named Janet Yellen, is warning this spending would greatly accelerate inflation, which is now impacting all of us. At a time when inflation is already at a 30-year high, well, we got bad news today. Wholesale prices, they are up a whopping 8.6%. We already know gas prices are up on average $1.50 a gallon. Costs a lot more to fill your tank. The cost to heat and cool your home, well, it could be up by 100% by the end of the winter heating your home. And you might not even be able to find a turkey in time for Thanksgiving. Why? Because of dire, real shortages that we're experiencing. But Joe Biden, he knows best. He's the smartest person in the room. And now he believes that spending $2 trillion is going to magically fix inflation and fix our supply chain crisis. After all, his policies have worked so great to this point, right? Why not just um, take his word for it, right? All this is paid for. By raising taxes on big corporations and very wealthy. I'm not trying to punish anybody, but I'm insisting that they pay their fair share. It's fiscally responsible and it's paid for. Now, I know that a lot of folks don't feel the progress we're making in the economy. I get it. I know the cost of gas, groceries, and rent seems to be harder and harder to handle. That's what the more, that's one of the most re more reasons why we should have to pass my Build Back Better bill. 
So it's one or the other. Biden is either really, really dumb, not particularly smart, or he's lying, probably both. Remember, on the campaign trail, Joe vowed to punish the fossil fuel industry, reduce America's supply on oil and gas, even if it caused economic pain and suffering for Americans all around the country. He wanted to put CEOs in jail. Take a look. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, we're all dead. Doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal, okay? And by the way, when they don't or when they're deliberate, put them in jail. That's what I, I I'm not joking. Not joking. Let's put, let's put these guys in jail. He did keep one promise. He killed the Keystone XL pipeline. He did ban oil exploration on federal lands. And now his administration is weighing an option to kill another pipeline, this one from Canada to Michigan. And that's not all. According to the great climate czar, the guy with the big carbon footprint himself, John Kerry, the U.S. will no longer have coal plants by 2030, thanks to Build Back Better New Green Deal Socialism. By the way, Senator Joe Manchin, I think you might want to pay attention, because that will impact West Virginia and the hardworking people in your state. Even with heating prices, gas prices soaring, Biden has no intention, clearly, of slowing down his Green New Deal agenda. It's so bad that in a letter... 11 Senate Democrats, apparently they're the only 11 that paid attention to what happened last Tuesday. They are now slamming Joe Biden and the undue burden of rising gas prices that his policies have caused. Or something to laugh at, like his energy secretary, uh, Jennifer Granholm, did. But let's get clear here. This could all easily be resolved. We could fix all of this, except we have one problem. Joe Biden's president. Joe Biden apparently, clearly, would rather once again beg OPEC again and again and again and get rejected again and again and again in humiliating fashion and still keep going back as Jennifer Granholm, blaming the cartels, blaming OPEC. No, Jennifer, I blame you and I blame Joe. And if you really want to fix the problem, go back to the energy independence that you inherited from Donald Trump, who made us energy independent for the first time in 75 years. And that means we can create a lot of jobs right here in America, high paying career jobs in the energy sector. And we won't have to care one whit about what happens in the Middle East or the Straits of Hormuz. And we'll be energy independent. You have cheaper, better form, cleaner form of energy. I'm an all of the above guy. Bring it forward. In the meantime, oil, gas, and coal are the lifeblood of the world's economy, and begging OPEC is not the answer. You know, we can drill for more gas right here in the U.S. We don't need to import any energy. Donald Trump gave you energy independence, and we were a net exporter of energy. We were supplying our Western European allies. Biden, he'd rather give the waiver to Vladimir Putin's pipeline than keep building out our own Keystone XL pipeline. That's American jobs. Now he's floating the possibility of draining our national reserves. Okay, that's a short-term solution. That's also risky. And tonight our country is literally being led by some of the dumbest people. They're more married to their ideology, don't seem to care at all about who is impacted negatively the most. Poor people, the middle class, build back better. New Green Deal socialism is probably the most idiotic, scariest 
piece of legislation I've seen in my 33 years of media. Joe's actions surrounding Afghanistan are morally corrupt. His southern border policy ludicrous, according to a poll from Trafalgar, that's our friend Robert Cahaley, and the Convention of States. 67% of Americans oppose Biden's plan to give a whopping $450,000 to illegal immigrants that didn't respect our laws, our border, and our sovereignty. 55% want the southern border closed, especially in the middle of the crisis that's ongoing down there. The border czar, Kamala Harris, who has a historically low approval rating for any vice president, at only 28%. What is she doing on the border? She's not going down there and visiting the guys on the front lines. Nope, she's in Paris, in France, talking about Europe's migrant crisis. How does that help us? And according to the vice president's spokeswoman, she's not at all worried about the 28% record low poll number she's pulling. Take a look. I'm not focused on the polls. I let the pundits participate on that. The polls are a snapshot in time. And at this time, I am looking forward to touching down in Paris, France, but before that, taking a nap. Now, nap time seems to be a priority across the Biden administration. The only silver lining in 2022, 2024, you, the American people, you can vote all of these people out. You can say bye-bye, and we can return to, let's see, maybe we'll even go back and rescue the Americans Joe abandoned in Afghanistan. We certainly can fix the border, bring back the stay in Mexico policy, finish building the wall, end this idiot policy, idiocy of, of process and release of Joe Biden. And then, of course, we can go back to being energy independent. That will help our economy as well. That will reduce the high cost of everything that we're now paying for. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News' YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not get it anywhere else. From agronomy to grain, from energy... Okay, so what I want to know is... When you're having the crappiest day, the shittiest time in life, the fucking radio knows, and the fucking TV knows, and no matter what channel you turn to, the radio and the TV fucking know you're having a bad time in life. Like whenever you're going through a breakup, you turn on your radio in your car, you're on your way home from work, just went through a massive breakup, and every fucking love song or breakup song is on the fucking radio. Like, after my last breakup, the song, She Fucking Hates Me, was playing on the fucking radio. The radio knew this. Don't know how. The radio fucking knew. I turned to another channel, another fucking breakup song, another love song playing. What the fuck? I want to know is if the person on the radio has ESP, the person on TV's got ESP, they know what you're going through. Hell, do you log into Facebook and there's an ad there for depression and some kind of drug for antidepressants. And then you see on the screen too, there's an ad there for suicide awareness. I want to know is how how they know, how does Facebook know that you're having a bad day? I just thought it was the most interesting thing. It came to me today on my way to work. I'm like, man, my Facebook is intuitive. 
my radio knows and understands me. My ex-girlfriend didn't understand me, but my radio understands me. My TV understands me. You get home and there's some sappy love story or on the TV. You turn the channel and there's another one where the girl's leaving the guy and she's took all his money and she's laughing. And you, you side with the guy, you feel bad for the guy, you like, she's a crazy bitch. She's just a crazy bitch. I want to know why this is a good thing, why this is considered entertainment. Everybody wants to talk about bullies. I mean, bullies are different than it was when I was a kid. When I was younger, bullies were the guys that stuffed you in your locker in high school, gave you wedgies. Maybe, hey, I'm thinking it was probably a nerd that came up with the thongs. He's like, they stuffed it up my butt crack. This must be a fashion statement. So he designs women's underwear now. Made millions of dollars. Just sticking the underwear right up the crack. Thought it was a great idea. And then there's like millions of shows on TV about crazy shit. People being bullied using Facebook and uh, Snapchat and Instagram, messaging people. Trying to do what you can to destroy them. Me, I didn't grow up that way. I was told always to appreciate people, treat people as you want to be treated. Nowadays, somebody finds out that you're a grown ass man and you like to listen to Britney Spears music, and then they heckle you all over Facebook and tell everyone you know. That you're a Britney fan, or you listen to some Justin Bieber, and you've got that Bieber fever going on. You're not embarrassed of this, you just think it's funny. I only listen to him sometimes a day, just a couple times. Well, I'm taking a break. Y'all have a great, great day. Like I say all the time, stay frosty. This is a tribute to Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Thank you for what you brought the world. You inspire us all.
see these scars What I want you to want, what I want you to feel And it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you To just believe this is real So I go watching you, turn your back like you always do Face away and pretend that I'm not I'll be here cause you're all that I got Sometimes that don't make sense You never want to say And I never had a doubt It's like no matter what I do I can't convince you For what's just to hear me out So I go watching you Turn your back But you always do It's a way to pretend that I'm not
be so proud.